Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Rennie Curran, Brandon Boykin, Malcolm Mitchell, Keith Marshall, Kamari Lasseter, John Fitzpatrick, Michael Bennett. What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Week three, college football on the way. Georgia just got a win in Athens as your defending national champions. Uh, first game back in Sanford. Was a great time. Got a great shot of that video when the national champions were announced, ran through the tunnel. First time in 41 years, right? So you got to enjoy the little moments coming back. But it's a new season. Georgia starts 2-0. and Good win versus Sanford. Shaped out just about as we thought. A little lower scoring than I expected. Uh, but dogs played mostly backups in the second half. Um, a lot of good things that happened. Some things we saw that weren't great, uh, but we'll get into this Sanford review. Um, and then, of course, a preview of Georgia's matchup with South Carolina. SEC opener on the road in Columbia. Uh, Going to be a good game. It's a noon kickoff, though, so not ideal if you're a fan. Uh, but we'll get into that one as well and some spread picks to end it. Right, so week two versus Samford. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks here. Love what I saw from Stetson and, and Carson Beck in this matchup. Stetson went 24 of 34, 300 yards, a touchdown, and one rushing. Uh, continued to just show control of this offense. You can tell those first-team reps. I think I talked about this last week. These first-team reps in spring and fall camp, I think, have really helped mesh this offense with Stetson and his ability, give him a, a good overview of what to do in each situation. He's seen a lot of defenses by this time. I think those valuable reps have really helped him take control of this offense. Third year under Monken. This is usually that point in time where these guys get comfortable with the offense. Um, I think you're seeing that. Carson Beck, 5 of 7, 52 yards in the second half. Got his snaps in. Thought he looked decisive of well. I think he knows this offense just like Stetson. Uh, maybe not as well because the, the amount of defenses he has seen as a guy who's been a career backup. Hasn't got those on-field reps with SEC defenses, things like that. But I think we liked what we saw from Carson. Running backs, Milton led the team. Kendall did. 10 carries, 85 yards. Continues to show that he is the top runner, I think, in this Georgia backfield. Um, leads the dogs in yards. Actually second among SEC running backs in yards per carry, 7.5. That's a minimum of 15 attempts. Dejon Edwards, 6 for 23. McIntosh, 7 for 15 and a touchdown. We know McIntosh usually is the starter. And the way he's been performing on the ground, I'm not sure if we're going to see him get as many carries moving forward if he doesn't start to produce here. Now, I'll preface this with it's still early, right? I mean, it's early in the season, headed into week three, um, so you can't take much out of those first two games, especially the quality of opponent. We don't know how good Oregon is yet. Sanford, obviously, FCS school. But Kenny McIntosh is only averaging 2.8 yards a carry right now. Not sure if that's going to translate to the rest of the season, but we did see Dejon Edwards get six carries compared to Kenny McIntosh, the starter, his seven. Um, but he's such a threat, McIntosh is, in the passing game. Currently leads the Bulldogs in receiving, believe it or not. This is kind of crazy. You know, last year, George was led by a tight end and Brock Bowers. And this year, so far, McIntosh is leading in receiving 
by 68 yards. He's got 178 on the year. Of course, that Oregon game when he had, what what was that, 117, I think? That's a big help. Uh, but again, Kenny McIntosh finishes the second game leading in receptions as well. I think that's such a huge threat from that standpoint, right? I mean, having a running back who's basically a receiver can do it all. I mean, when he needs to run the ball, he's shown that he can at least score. I mean, we saw that touchdown last week. He knows what he's doing, but I think just the way that Kendall Milton is running, you cannot keep the ball away from him. Uh, but still, reception standpoint, Kenny McIntosh is lighting guys up. Five for 61 against Sanford. Bowers had three catches for 57 yards. Big O and Kiris Jackson had good games, two for 33. And Lad McConkey had one for 37. Um, uh, Got to point out here, and we know that A.D. Mitchell went out with an injury. Um, he is doubtful for Saturday versus South Carolina. We'll get into what that kind of impacts in a minute. Uh, but Dylan Bell, the freshman, came in, took that spot for A.D., scored a touchdown, his first touchdown as a Georgia Bulldog, three catches for 22 yards on the day. I think that was good to get him some snaps, especially with South Carolina coming up. And him, he's going to be thrust into a new role if A.D. can't go. Super talented guy in high school. I think he showed uh, ability to get open and on that slant touchdown. Big body guy, can high point balls, good speed. Excited to see him grow. Overall, I think you can't be unhappy with the offense did on Saturday. You know, it was more of a scrimmage game from the second half on the 12-minute fourth quarter, so we didn't get to see a lot from that starting unit. But heading into SEC play, I think they got some good reps in that first half. Moving on to defense, Smile Mondan, four total tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, I really like how he's coming along. I don't think you can see the youth that the linebackers have right now. They're not playing like young guys. That's a testament to this defense, this coaching staff, and the talent at linebacker. Uh, Tyke Smith, we got to see him get some valuable snaps. That's been good, right? Because we, we've been talking for two years about this kid, former All-American at West Virginia, in 2020 transfers over sits out last year with injuries he had three total tackles on saturday uh dalen everett five-star freshman at corner comes in had three tackles got to see him in the second half look good michael williams the first sack of his career we've heard a lot about him on this podcast and these georgia players has raved about him former tight end john fitzpatrick jumped on here and talked about him comparing him to trayvon walker Got the first sack of his career against Sanford, and that was the only sack for Georgia. And that's one of my concerns. While Michael Williams has that talent as a pass rusher, where are these other guys like Jalen Carter, Robert Beal, Tyron Ingram Dawkins in the inside? Where are these guys in the pass rush? A couple of times, Sanford was able to sit back in the pocket, make some deep throws. That's my concern as we enter SEC play. Now, you could look at this from a football standpoint and be like, okay, Georgia's this very talented defense from a base set. They don't have to do much to create pressure at some times. But are they holding back from a blitz standpoint for some of these SEC games when it's going to count and these playoff games when it's really going to count? Um, they were better last year towards the end of the season, I think, at getting pressure. That could have been a testament to Georgia's defensive staff drawing up new ways to get pressure on the better quarterbacks we play in the end of the season, the SEC championship and playoffs especially. Want to see some more sacks this week? I think there's a chance against this South Carolina team. Uh, before we get into South Carolina, let's talk punt returns. Lad McConkey broke one, I think for, what was that, 30 yards? 
had another short one. He totaled 32 yards on the day. Kid is so quick in open space. We talked about that last week. Love watching Lad. A guy who was unheralded when he joined Georgia football, um, and he has really made a name for himself, and he's getting a lot of reps, both running, receiving, also punt returning. Jackpot Leslie, four or five. Missed a long one, uh, but four or five. <laughs> consistent. All right, he's consistent. I know he missed that long one, but I think he overall just consistent, dating back to a year ago. Uh, Brett Thorson, the punter. Only had one against Oregon, came back. Three times on Saturday, long of 48 and one down in the 20. He looked good. I'm glad that we got someone in to replace all SEC Jake Camarda, now the Tampa Bay Bucks punter, to replace him and show that we're not going to have a drop off from a punting standpoint. May not be the huge leg of Camarda, uh, but when we get in SEC play, again, special teams is huge. Now we're talking week three. SEC opener, familiar opponent in South Carolina, SEC East matchup. South Carolina's coming off a 44-30 loss versus number 10 now, Arkansas. They got down 9-21 at the half. Had to play catch-up for most of that game. Uh, Spencer Rattler was sitting back in the pocket, mostly running for his life the entire game. Six sacks on the day for Arkansas. Rattler, of course, the sacks influenced this, but 12 carries for negative 23 yards. I think a big thing in this game that stood out to me was one third down conversion rate for South Carolina, three of 10. Can do that in SEC play and expect to win. Rush for 40 yards on the day. They completely abandoned the run game, and they kind of had to, right? You're playing catch up, and they couldn't get anything going on first and second downs with runs. That's why they were so bad on third down. Pass for 376. Three turnovers, interception from Rattler, two fumbles. Arkansas, though, had 10 penalties for 122 yards. So, the team has 10 penalties. Like, you got to take advantage of that. They allow 295 rush yards to Arkansas. And we know that Arkansas has one of the better offensive lines in the SEC. Sam Pittman comes over there and, and brings his offensive line coaching prowess to that team. Huge, huge front. We saw those guys last year in Athens. Now, we did absolutely wallop them we, we know this but we, I got to see that offensive line and the running attack in person up close I like what I see from Arkansas I think they're one of the better teams in the SEC I think deserve that number 10 ranking and the offensive line is is one of the reasons they're there but they absolutely took advantage of that almost 300 yards on the ground that's not good if you're a Carolina fan headed into this one versus Georgia who has one of the better offensive lines in the country a big part of this game you're going to hear about is the key injuries for South Carolina, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Just take a look at this defensive injury report for Saturday for the Gamecocks. Edge defender Jordan Strachan, or Strachan, however you say it, out for the season. Linebacker Muhammad Kaba, out for the season. Cornerback David Spaulding, questionable. DB Cam Smith, questionable. Safety RJ Roderick, questionable. Defensive lineman Alex Huntley, questionable. That's two of South Carolina's defensive leaders and their best players out for the season. Big thing to watch on Saturday. Are they going to have depth issues? You know, I mean, usually Georgia can outlast teams in the second half, and especially a team who's dealing with so many defensive injuries after getting rushed for 300 yards on last week. But there are some players to watch for the Gamecocks here. You know, QB Spencer Rattler, of course, he leads that offense. They rely heavily on him last week to come back. Uh, went 24 for 39, 376, touchdown interception. Looked indecisive at times. He's done that in his career. 
but he was running for his life. You know, how much do you, can you blame him for that? Running for your life, six sacks. Running back Juju McDowell, six carries, 35 yards, led the team. Um, tight end Jaheim Bell. But this is interesting because he's one of the biggest matchup, at least advantages from a South Carolina standpoint here. He didn't even get a catch. Uh, Arkansas completely shut him down. Four carries, though, for five yards. They try to get him involved in the running game as well. Good athlete. Cornerback Nick Emonwari, I think he is the guy to watch from a defensive back standpoint. Only a freshman, but he's talented. Seven tackles and a QB hurry. Led the team there. Defensive line, Zach Pickens. 12 total tackles. Um, I think he only had four solo, but 12 total Half a sack. He's a senior. He's a guy to watch to lead that defensive line. I was asked to break this game down yesterday on the College Football Betting Podcast that I'm a weekly guest on. Uh, shout out, StuCast. Check it out, guys. 14-6 and six on my picks on that, by the way. Pretty good. Pretty good start. But I was asked to break this game down. My mind immediately goes to that rushing attack of Arkansas, how it really exposed South Carolina's issues stopping the run. And these defensive injuries are not going to help South Carolina at all. If I'm a Carolina fan, I'm nervous going into this one even more than I would be with a healthy team. I think Georgia's offensive line is going to be able to take control. I mean, we've, we've been more of a passing team so far this year just through two games. I think with the weapons we have, that's why. I think we still can run the ball when we need to, and Kendall Milton, he might have over 120 yards or so. I think Georgia rushes for over 250 or around that, at least over 200. I think you can expect that. I think Todd Monken has shown that in the past he can switch his offense according to what they're going to play, right? Kirby Smart's always talked about playing to what the defense gives you. If they're going to drop eight, we're going to run the ball on them. Um, I think they're going to have to load the box to stop the run. Stetson Bennett, he's shown so much control of this offense and the weapons have been there that I think whatever the defense gives us here, we're going to be able to expose a little bit. They've got a a young secondary, kind of like we do, but they don't have that one shutdown corner like Akili Ringo. And a guy like Kamari Lasseter that's playing really well. Adonai Mitchell, AD, being out of this one maybe, might impact how much we can stretch the field from a receiver standpoint. But again, at tight end, Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers. And then you have Lad McConkey, that speed demon. Jackson as well, led the team in receiving in 2020. These guys are going to need to step up a little bit if AD's out. Like Dylan Bell, young guy, he'd probably take most of the reps there at the Z position. I just don't know if South Carolina can match up with these guys and also stop the run. Because like Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, Big O especially, he's literally a tackle out there blocking at tight end. Also can catch, and that really creates so many mismatches. Seen a lot of Darnell. I think he's playing well. I mean, the emergence of him this year is great to watch. Former five-star. He's dealt with some injuries throughout his career. But the way he's able to shut down guys – on the outside with his blocking and turn them inside for these Georgia running backs and receivers. I think that's huge. I really don't see most teams keeping Georgia under 40 points. And I think South Carolina has some glaring issues here that Georgia is going to be able to take advantage of. Uh, I'm thinking 45 points for Georgia. On defense, as far as the Georgia defense is concerned against the South Carolina offense, I mean, South Carolina only putting up 40 rush yards. I know they were playing from behind, but still, you got to establish the run. If you're not able to do it against Arkansas, you're not going to be able to do it against Georgia. The front seven has played so well, even when losing six guys to the NFL. Tyron Ingram Dawkins, uh, Robert Beal, Michael Williams, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter played so well so far this season against Oregon. That was one of the better offensive lines we played in the country in Oregon, believe it or not. They really are. 
You know, two first team all Pac twelve selections. We talked about that. They they did whatever they wanted to, right? Bo Nix was scrambling a lot, uh, held the running game in check. I think they're going to see a lot of that on Saturday. I'm looking for sacks, right? If Arkansas can get six sacks versus Spencer Rattler, we can too. Um, so look for some exotic blisses from these guys, especially this linebacking core, especially with the speed of Smell Mondon. I think you got to utilize that. Uh, put him on some rushes. He's shown that he can get in the backfield and wrap up. Led the team in tackles for loss a week ago. Look for some exotic blitzes here. Um, I think Georgia keeps South Carolina and Spencer Rattler in check. Seven points is what I'm thinking. Could be 10. I think they do get a touchdown, though. 45-7 to is my prediction here for Georgia. All right, let's get some week three picks in here. Crazy weekend in week two. Bama almost goes down to Texas. Some glaring issues for Alabama on the defensive side. Texas with Quinn Ewers back there in that first half. I mean, they were getting space. They were getting their guys in space versus Alabama. You don't see that much. You really don't. I don't think Alabama may do that many more times this season. You know how Nick Saban is. These guys are going to be pumped up to show what they can do the rest of the year. Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall. Crazy, right? So how good is Ohio State now? I was thinking Ohio State would be that team to play Georgia in the playoffs or one of the guys who we could see there. But how good is Ohio State when you barely beat Notre Dame at home and Notre Dame goes and loses at home to Marshall? A&M lost to App State at home. The fighting Jimbo Fishers with all their five-star recruits, eight of them, the best recruiting class in the country in 2022, couldn't stop App State at home. Not sure how good Texas A&M now, like number six in the country. What are we going to see from them as they try to bounce back versus Miami? Spread versus JC went three and two last week. Not great. We're five, four, and one on the season. Shaky start. Shaky start, but at least we're over 500. Got to bounce back this week. Last week had a loss at Bama. Thought they were going to cover for sure. Had a win with Tennessee versus Pitt. Barely, though. And the second overtime. That was a great game. Win Kentucky at Florida. I knew Kentucky was going to show out versus Florida. I thought Florida is a little too overrated. We crowned them SEC East number two champions way too soon. I think Kentucky is the more overall stacked team there. Um, Baylor, that was a loss. Another game that was a barely a loss, right? I think it was like a one point I lost by. Um, but I did call Georgia Southern at Nebraska to cover. Didn't call them to win, but they did. Hail Southern. People don't know. People don't know about these Georgia teams. When these guys don't have the grades or they have a shaky situation coming out of high school, you know where they're going? Kennesaw State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. So much talent in the state of Georgia. This week, I've got Georgia to cover 24.5 over South Carolina. We talked about that one. Oklahoma is laying 11 points over Nebraska. Give me Oklahoma. I think Nebraska is just reeling. I mean, they fired their coach, Scott Frost, the next day after that loss to Georgia Southern. I think Oklahoma really rakes them here. Auburn is a dog, a three-point dog right now. I like Auburn here over Penn State. I really do. Um, Sean Clifford, a Penn State quarterback. I would pay money not to watch him play football. I'm so sorry to Sean, uh, but that's just the reality. I just I think he is so inconsistent in his decision-making and overthrows, underthrows so many times. I think the Auburn defense really takes advantage, and T.J. Finley does what it takes. Um, 
Moneyline Auburn. That's a little tip for you guys. Moneyline Auburn. Wake Forest, 16.5 point favorite over Liberty. This is not the Malik Willis Liberty, okay? I think Wake Forest wins by 20. Texas Tech is a 10-point dog over NC State right now. Number 19, NC State. Texas Tech, if you don't know, is playing lights out on offense. You got an air raid system down there in, in Texas. I like them to cover here versus NC State. I think it's a seven-point game. Texas Tech might even have the upset here. Them's the picks, guys. Lock them in. I'll be watching Miami at AM after Georgia and South Carolina. That's at nine, though. Late game. Plenty of time to watch the other games. Going to be a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please rate, subscribe, and review if you can. Let us know what you think. We're on Twitter at UJ Football Live, Instagram UJ Wire. I'm on Twitter, JC underscore Shelton underscore UGAWire.com, USA Today Sports. We got all your Georgia football coverage, everything you need to get ready for Saturdays. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Go, dogs. Thank you.